When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 6, Episode 13, Chapter Titled. We'll have a good time then. I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. And Chip Chip Cheerio. Chip Chip Cheerio. I don't know, I was just trying to think of something to say. You said I could do whatever I want. It's our podcast. And and you landed on Chip Chip Cheerio? It just came into my head. Also, I love Cheerios, so it makes sense. You know what? Uh, there's a rumor going around my work now. Uh, like people bring it up all the time. There's, it's a rumor that I really like cereal, and I don't know how that got started. And it's true, but I don't know how they found out or how this came out. Like I must have said something somewhere, but now in meetings, sometimes people will be like, "Yeah, whatever, just go eat your Cheerios," and I'm like, "Huh." Turns out when you actually were going to work, you just had like Cheerios stuck in your beard and you had no idea. Almost nobody that I work with now worked there when we worked in the building. Like, That's so weird. Most of the people I work with now have worked virtual their entire time there. Someone's listened to your podcast. What? Oh, maybe. Because you have talked about cereal multiple I mean, times. It just it's comes part out, of your life. It comes out of my mouth. So I probably talked about it in a meeting and I don't remember But, so, because I don't remember, like, at all. Like, I don't even kind of like, oh, I think I talked about cereal. No, I just, I don't know. So, now every time it comes up, I'm like, (laughs) like, I'm I'm a little suspicious. I'm pretty sure you start every conversation with, hi, I'm Alden. I love my wife and cereal. Yes, I definitely say the wife part. Um... (laughs) Um, I don't have anything to ask you related to this episode because it's just kind of a, this is a deep one. Yeah, there isn't uh, much to say. I guess Not, we could, like, There is no fun, relatable experience. There's only tons of negative, relatable experience. Right, which is what we'll, we tend to get into when we talk about the episode. Right, um, so... What have you been watching? <laughs> <laughs> what have you been watching? Uh, nothing. One, two, three. Nothing. We watched an entire oh, yeah, we show did. together we this did. week. I forgot. I was too busy talking you about cereal. You were supposed to say Squid, squid Game. Squid Game. <laughs> At least we, you got it now. We watched the Squid Game together. <laughs> the Squid Game. Uh-huh. Um, it's the hit craze that everybody's... I So I'm actually kind of like torn about this. Um, I don't know what it is about me, but like... I hated the fact that I was watching the show that everyone's talking about. Like, I hated that. So, like, I didn't want to talk to my friends about it because I didn't want to tell them that I was watching the hit show that everyone else is watching. You're such a rebel. I don't understand. But I really enjoyed the show. Yeah. Me too. I just love watching tons and tons of people die right after getting attached to them. It's my favorite. No, well, don't don't spoil anything, but... Yeah, lots of people die in that. It's all about people who die. Yeah, that's not a spoiler. You go into the show knowing everyone's going to die. But for some reason, it's also so enjoyable. And like the way that it's done, it's like shot so beautifully. Mm -hmm. And like the music is incredible, like with with the show like with the tension of the show and then the lightness of the music and there's so much to be said for what the show represents oh yeah like like so much there's there is so much going on when you watch it that that's what kind of it's you're not watching violence for violence sake although sometimes you are Mm -hmm. and i feel like um this is one of those shows and the reason why it has taken over pop culture for all of 10 minutes i mean it's it's gonna fall Mm -hmm. out of the public zeitgeist and by the time this episode posts Mm -hmm. because that's just what we do when shows come out on netflix but uh, i think the reason everyone came together on this one is because 
all the people who just want to watch violence and bloodshed, they got that. Mm -hmm. Like, you got that in droves. If you didn't want to think about what was going on, you didn't have to. And the people who love social commentary, like me, had something for them, too. Right. You got to watch... Uh, commentary on on the world as it is and i got to kind of like watch this characterization and i mean that's what i like out of a show is you Mm -hmm. watch people change and grow and like um show who they really are Yeah, it's like the core of the people figure people out um so i mean it's just it's it's got everything and the stuff that doesn't go with what you care about you don't have to pay attention to it moves so fast you don't even notice right like even even death scenes there it's just so fleeting everything is happening so quickly um like we watched the entire series and i don't remember the names of like any character because everything was happening so fast and i was talking to my coworker about it this morning and he was like well what about when like this happens and i was like i I don't remember anyone's name. <laughs> and he was like, oh, uh, I only remember this person's name. Because it just happens so fast that unless you're going to go back and rewatch it, mm-hmm. you there's no possible way to get everybody's names. Yeah. So this is us on the, on the pulse of uh, pop culture right I'm now. I'm always on the pulse of pop culture. You're on the pulse of depressing TV shows. And this is in that realm. I don't only watch depressing (laughs) TV shows. It's just recently, it's October, and I think fall is when, you you know, the dark stuff comes out. You're not watching spooky stuff. I did. I started Midnight Mass. That's true. That's true. I started Midnight Mass. I watched Made. We watched Squid Game. I need something light and happy, and I... I think I might just rewatch Sex Education. <laughs> you know what I'll watch that's light and happy? Community. Well, yeah, definitely. Maybe that's why I've been drawn to that lately. Yeah. But what I was thinking of was uh, Critical Role, The Legend of Vox Machina. The, the the cartoon that doesn't come out until February. Yeah. But they announced it today. Or they announced the, the date today. And they announced or they showed the trailer for it. Or I don't even know if it's a trailer or if it's like the intro. I think it's the intro. They showed the intro and then they did a reading with the cartoon of like a scene from the show. Yep. For Comic-Con. And it looks so fucking I'm good. I'm very excited. Uh, yeah. So you guys should check out the trailer for that. If even if you're not interested in D&D or you're not interested in the critical role, like this is going to be such a different way for people to get into these characters because it it it's almost like it was made for TV. I mean, obviously they are voice actors who know characterization because they've all played so many different mm-hmm. characters and they've played them so well. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the characters that they've played are so different in personality and they're still able to hold on to that. So obviously translating that into actual characterization worked out great for them. Right. So I'm excited. Well, these characters come from their heart which I think also makes a huge difference. To an extent. I mean, definitely for sure, but by the end. But um, I, when it started, it was just them playing a, a, a D&D game. Like, yeah, but at the point of which the cartoon is made, like these characters are deeply personal to them. Right. It's just funny that it worked out like that because a lot of them have talked about, like, um, I mean, I'm, I don't need to name names, but a few of the people have talked about how, like, they were just like, I don't know, here's my character for D&D. Like, I don't, there's, there mm-hmm. it is. This is what I'm playing because I want to be a barbarian or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I just find that pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, I can't every- wait. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. I can't wait. I just hope, like, we had this, like you said about Squid Game, where, you know, it's only on the radar for a short amount of time until the next thing comes out. And we had that with Invincible, where, like, you couldn't even go into Barnes & Noble and find Invincible compendiums because everybody bought them. Mm -hmm. And, like, you would go on Amazon and try to get them there, and they were sold out. And you don't hear anything about it now. Like... I don't Invincible know. Fever's over. It Invincible Fever's over, sure. But I think now everybody knows about Invincible mm-hmm. and everyone's excited about Invincible. I think what we talked about then 
still holds true is the fact that that show was week by week by week. Mm-hmm. And, and Critical Role will be too, I'm sure. It's mm-hmm. Amazon. Mm-hmm. So having that for nine or ten weeks, I don't remember how many episodes it was, uh, gives it more of a staying power, I think. Yeah, I definitely think you have a point. Um, another podcast that I was listening to today mentioned the fact that like, if some of the shows that we feel like are slow burns, like Midnight Mass, where it's just very like slow and um, you're watching all of the episodes at one time. So mm-hmm. you're not thinking about the episode after it's over. You're right. just getting to the next episode as fast as possible. Right. So you're not like parsing it out in your head and like trying to figure out like what's really going on for a week like we did with Lost when Lost first came out. Right. That shows like that and like Squid Game and stuff like that would be so much more dynamic and have so much more staying power if they were week to week. Yeah, I was going to say that. Like if we had to, if if those episodes of Squid Game had ended where they ended and then we had to wait a week to figure out how each situation resolved itself or or what that that how the dynamic was going to change based on the ending of the previous episode like we would have been talking about it right but instead what we did is we said oh are we going to watch another one uh we already are it's playing so i <laughs> we guess have we three are three episodes left we might as well sit and watch all of them in one sitting i think for shows like squid game i guess i misspoke because for shows like squid game for me i need to watch them fast because i don't do well with gore and I really don't do well with the murder. Mm-hmm. Like I I have a really hard time with it, but the story was so compelling and the characters were so compelling that I wanted to see it through despite the fact that I was so uncomfortable with what was happening. And so for me, like that specific show, I, I really needed to be able to binge it all the way through, be done with it, like have it closed and yeah i get that that's better better for you but if it had been week to week it would have been so much more involved for us Mm -hmm. like we would be discussing well what do you think is happening here and why do you think he's doing this is this because of this you know is this a correlation to what's going on in america right now or you know like there would have been some discourse. Instead, it was, let's discuss our thoughts on the entire series yeah. all at once. But, uh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> uh, Not like Boy Meets World that we watch week to week, so we have to think about it for an entire week before we get to the next episode. What is going what's to gonna happen? happen? Was last week's episode a social commentary on what's happening now with the pandemic? I don't know, but... No. Uh, you know what else we watched? <laughs> <laughs> what do we watch? Boy Meets World. See, Boy Meets, Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. Season 6, episode 13, chapter titled. We'll have a good time then. Dot, this, dot, dot. Uh, go ahead and blurb me up, I guess. All right. The blurb for this episode is Jack and Sean's father, Chet, returns to town. BMG and BMW favorite, Chet Hunter. Um, all right. That was sarcasm. Yeah, obviously. Uh, This episode was directed by David Kendall. It was written by Gary H. Miller. Gary H. Miller? Uh Uh-huh. Gary H. Miller wrote the drunk episode. Oh. And he wrote... We just had an episode that he wrote. Yep. And I was about to say which one it was, but... It was like two episodes ago. interrupted me. No, it wasn't two episodes ago. You're married, you're dead. Oh, yeah. He remembered very quickly without editing out silence. Um, Anyway... Classroom or not, Tanya? We are not in a classroom. We're at Chucky's. Corey and Sean are walking in the door, and Corey's like, let's get a cup of coffee before class. And Sean's like, ugh, why do we even go to class anymore? Like, what is even the point? And Corey is like, uh, if we don't go to class, then we have to go to war. And Sean goes, I'm already at war. I'm at war with myself. Why am I the way I am, Corey? And uh, uh, Corey's like, you just, you know what? You need to relax. And Jack walks over and goes, hey, guys, you want me to get you some coffee? And Sean freaks out at him. like, He's like, what is that supposed to mean? Mm-hmm. And 
Jack goes, uh, it means I'd like to buy you guys some coffee. And Corey's like, yeah, I would love a latte, please. And Sean is upset because he's saying, like, well, I can afford my own coffee, thank you very much. And Jack is like, yeah, I know, but I'm going anyway. You could buy the next one. Corey, like, tries to, like, get in between them and puts his arms around them. And he's like, guys, let's just have a good time. It's just the three of us. It's never just the three of us. Why is it never just the three of us? And then you hear, Corey! Topanga in the background, and Corey's mm-hmm. like, bye guys, gotta go. Yeah. Uh, and at this point, a guy comes over to talk to Sean, and he's just like, alright, like, basically you play really good pool, I need you to go play this guy at the pool table. Because he's over he's taking, hustling us. He's taking all of our money, and Sean looks over, and who is the college student who is just winning Every pool game and taking all of the other college students' money. It Well, Sean looks over and sees him and he goes, "Uh, I might actually have a hard time with this one. And the guy goes, you know him? And he goes, know him. He's my father. And he walks over and he's very excited to see Chet. Like, Mm -hmm. he is so excited and happy to see his dad. Uh, And uh, Jack is trepidatiously happy too. Like, he obviously feels like, well, it's not really my place to run up to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sean is like hugging him and and uh, talks to him about like, oh, is this what you do with your free time now? You hustle college students out of their money? And Chet's like, oh, I'm not hustling. I'm teaching them a lesson. I'm 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 a teacher now. I'm teaching them not to play pool with strangers. Um, and. Then it quickly escalates into Sean playing against Chet to win back all the money. Well, and and during this conversation, Sean says, so what are you doing here? Were you just passing through on your way to the next place? And Chet goes, nope, I'm here now. I'm here for good. I figure there's two boys I need to spend time with. And Sean goes, oh, you got fired, huh? And Chet goes, you don't have to nitpick. Yeah, so now we go over to, yes, they play pool. Sean mm-hmm. beats him. Wins all the money back, and gives it back to everybody. Throws it out to everyone, and, and they all, like, dive to grab their money. And Chet is like, ah, two boys in college. Who would have thought I'd have two boys in college? And he goes and he runs to buy a sweatshirt from the school store, and he, like, comes back. And before he comes back, Sean and, and Jack, Jack is like, this is great, huh? He's finally back. I finally get to hang out with my dad. And Sean's like, you don't you don't get to do that. You you, you don't believe him. He, enjoy it while it lasts. He's going to leave the second he gets a chance. Um, and so then he comes back and and he's just like, I've got plans for us. Like, we're going to go. Uh, you're going to give me a tour of the school, starting with the lab with all the mice in it. And then we're going to go get dinner. And like, so he's like got Jack really excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go off to start the tour with the mice. And we cut to the apartment after mm-hmm. all this has happened. Uh, it's Jack and Eric's apartment and Rachel's apartment. And uh, Jack and Sean and Chet walk in and Chet is just like, oh, that was the best meal I've ever had. I love beef. And he starts to walk away and Sean grabs Jack and he's like, hey, why did you pick up the tab? You didn't need to do that. He said he was going to pay. And Jack is like, he can pay next time. Like, it's no big deal. I I just took care of it. He's in town. Mm-hmm. Um, And so Sean is wrestling with the whole like, Jack has money and comes from a better family or whatever. Things. Yeah, and and the fact that Jack is so hopeful. Oh, yeah. And Sean is not. I think there's a part of Sean that wishes that he still held that hope. Oh, and, for sure. And he doesn't at all. Like, he's completely cynical. He, he knows the pattern. Mm-hmm. And Jack doesn't. Um, and, go ahead. And Sean is more jealous of the fact that Jack has that hope than he does that Jack has that money. Yeah, there's a really interesting um, downward curve here. You can watch Sean just like start up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, high is where my hand is right now. <laughs> uh, and then slowly descend. Like it's it's not it's not from point A to point B. Like mm-hmm. there are 
it's point A to point M with every letter in between. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting. Ryder Strong does an amazing job, but we'll talk more about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Jack does a really good job yes, too. Yeah, like a really, really good job because he is not. He is not a child. Right. He is an adult who doesn't know his dad and he like he holds this childlike um I guess his dad hope but the also the like where he's holding his dad up on a pedestal because he doesn't know that his dad doesn't belong there yeah but at the same time so you and just speaking of Jack uh like you can tell that he has this childlike emotion towards his dad but he's also got the big brother i'm gonna protect my brother emotion when it comes to sean because sean is so mad at him Mm -hmm. and jack does not get upset with sean Mm -hmm. jack is just like yeah i under i get this i understand what you're going through and that you think that i am i don't belong here Mm -hmm. but here i am right like he does a really good job of seeming super mature with sean right um but Speaking of super mature, uh, now Rachel comes in the room. Yeah, and Chet, Chet basically sucks. immediately starts hitting on her and telling her that, like, his wife died and he's a widower, and that means he's starting to date again. And like, Sean is mortified, and uh, Chet's just like, "Oh, you know, I'm just playing like." I don't even know where she is, but I love that woman. We don't know where she is either, but I'm sure it's as far away from him as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel, to this point, is so sweet and yeah. so wonderful. I cannot believe how much I love Rachel. <laughs> like, she's just so sweet and charming all the time. And she's just like, oh my gosh, it's so great to meet you. Like, I've heard so much about you. This is wonderful. Like, let me get a picture of the three of you guys together. And like, she tells them to like squeeze in. So like Jack is on one side of Chet and Sean's on the other. And Chet has his arms around them. And Sean is livid and mortified he's completely embarrassed by everything because he knows like all of these people are happy to see this man that's just going to disappear yeah and he refuses to smile rachel has to make him smile right and then she takes the picture and chet's like oh let me get get a picture of you and jack he says he says my son and my future daughter-in-law and she immediately goes over yeah and Jack puts his arm around her and then boom, Eric is in the apartment. Eric opens the door and like runs over and breaks them up or like tries to break them up and gets in the middle of them. And uh, Chad is like, oh, what are you doing, Errol? <laughs> uh, and Eric just like without missing a beat is just like Eric. And then like tries to like pull them apart and gets in the picture himself and smiles. Um, But... And and Eric says, so when are you leaving? Mm-hmm. And Chet says, I'm not leaving. This, right. I'm staying. And uh, uh, they decide they're going to have cake. Rachel made cake for them. A really good looking cake. It's like chocolate whipped cream cake. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes, she's like trying to, to calm any tension. Because at this point, like, it comes off as comedic with Eric. But the Matthews have been through this a thousand times. Like, Sean stayed in Eric and Corey's room Mm -hmm. when Eric was there because his dad went missing, because his mom went missing. So, like, Eric saying, and everyone laughing, where he's just like, oh, when are you leaving? And everyone's like, ha, 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 ha. No, that's him acknowledging the fact that, like, Sean's right. Right. Chet's going to be leaving. Right. And Chet, like, swears that he's not going to leave. They start eating the cake, and he gets a phone call. At their apartment? <laughs> At their Where apartment. Did that number come from? He obviously gave it to somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a guy offering him a job, you can tell. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can't hear Tommy. the call, but you can hear the way Chet's reacting is, is uh, how, how much are they paying? Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. And he hangs up the phone and says, I'll have to think about it and call you back, because he looks over at Sean, who's 
glaring at him. And Sean is like, see, like, this is what I said. You're, when are you leaving? When are you going? And Chet says, I, I just got the best job offer of my life and I, and I didn't take it. And Sean is like, you didn't turn it down either. Right. Uh, and Chet's like, well, I'm, I just have to think about it. I have to uh, weigh out my options. And he and, and Eric, uh, he and Sean get into it some and Sean's like, wait a second, oh my god, I'm you. And he starts to go on the reasons, like, why am I my dad? I, I push everybody away. I don't have any friends. I can't stay in a relationship. Why am I you? Why why, why am I doing this? And Chet starts to yell at him mm-hmm. and then grabs his chest. Well, Chet starts to yell at him and then is like, you know what, whatever, I'm just going to sit down and eat some cake. Mm. And he sits down to eat the cake on the couch. And the guys are still, like, tentious, arguing. And while they are arguing, Chet grabs his chest and he obviously has a heart attack. Right. Um, Sean goes from, like, yelling to literally crying within two seconds. Right. Um, the next time, the next thing we see is the hospital is the hospital. Uh, Sean and and Jack are standing outside of uh, a room or whatever. Um, and they start arguing. Um, Yeah. Jack says his hand hurts. He's, he kind of complains. He's like, oh my gosh, my hand hurts from filling out all those forms. And Sean's like, our dad's in the hospital and you're with a heart attack and you're complaining about your hand. And Jack was like, well, someone had to fill out the forms. He was like, I could have done it. Jack's like, but I could do it and it's fine. Um, so they just, they just keep arguing while Chet is in the hospital. Right. But then they end up going into the room to see him and he's, uh, he's not awake. Right. He is out of it. Um, he's asleep. He is, um, or, or, and they start to kind of like discuss it and like, I can't believe he's in here and, and I can't believe he has a room by himself. And Jack is like, yeah, I had to pull some strings, but, but I figured that was best for everybody. Mm -hmm. And Sean is like, what? You don't need to take care of this. Why, why are you taking care of this? And Jack says, listen, it's not a big deal. My stepdad agreed to help us pay. And And Sean was like, I will pay. I will pay for this room. How much is this room? And Jack is like, 2,000. And Sean's like, okay, okay, 2,000. And he's like, a night. And Sean like pulls $20 out of his pocket and is like, here, take this 20 to start off with. And Jack is like, please, like, put your money away. This isn't a big deal. But it's just such this, this fight of Sean not acknowledging the fact that Jack is invested in this man because Mm -hmm. this is his father, whether he was around for him or not. Like it's still his father. Let me cut to the dorm just to see what Corey's up to. Uh, He's reading this, what seems like a poem uh, about like love for someone else. And like, it's beautiful and it's flowery. And he was like, wow, it's Panga. Like, your vows are really good. And Topanga's like, oh, no, silly. Like, those are your vows. I wrote your vows. And Corey's like, these aren't my vows at all. And she's like, well, what are your vows then? And he starts to, like, go off on some dumb tangent. And he can't even complete a thought. He's like, actually, you write my vows. Um, And then she says, like, well, I, I've actually been thinking about the, the the night of our wedding. And Corey's like, ooh. And she goes, Bermuda. And he goes, I'll call you whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> and so she starts to go into like plans for the honeymoon. And he's like, snorkeling? Like, what are you talking about? We're going to be in the room the whole time. And she's like, why are you so obsex- obsessed with sex? And he's like, because I don't get any. And then he gets a phone call and is asked, you know, somebody comes in and says, Corey, you got a call. And he walks out and uh, Topanga turns to Angela, who I guess is there. Yeah, I didn't even realize she was in the room until Corey leaves the room. Yeah. And uh, Topanga's like, oh, isn't my patient future husband so sweet? 
And Angela's like, his patient head is going to explode. And at that moment, Corey comes back in and is just like, Sean's dad had a heart attack. He's in the hospital. Yep. And now we go back to the hospital where we don't leave for the rest of the episode. Right. So we go back to the hospital and... Chet um, wakes up. Yeah, Chet wakes up. Eric and... No, it's just Sean in at this. Oh yeah, he's reading. So, so Jack had told him in the last scene that they were in, like, you need to go and talk to to our dad. Like, Mm -hmm. you just need to be with him. So, when we get back to the hospital, Sean is sitting in the room reading, and Chet is asleep. Um, and he wakes up, and he's like, the first thing he says is, "Did you hit me?" And Sean is like, "No, you had a heart attack. You almost died." Mm-hmm. And um, that's when Eric and Rachel and Jack. Just Eric and Rachel. Just Eric and Rachel. Yeah, just Eric and Rachel come in. And Rachel is like crying and like freaking out some. And they're like, what's wrong with her? And Eric's like, oh, you know, don't mind her. She just thinks that uh, her cake of death. Cake of death caused the heart attack and she's like don't call it the cake of death i just said that it was a contributing factor and then chet says um it wasn't the cake of death that gave me a heart attack it was all of sean's yelling and screaming and eric says oh no it was definitely the cake of death it was very rich i'm still having chest pains from it which is funny eric but chet just said something that's going to damage sean until the day he dies. Uh, that's not new. Everything Chet's ever sure. said has will have damaged Sean until the day he dies. Yeah. Every single thing. He needs a therapist and he needs to work through all this because Chet is the shittiest. Yeah, that is the worst. Like that 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 was so bad. Um anyway, so but so Rachel comes over and she's just so sweet and she's like I was so scared. Is there anything I can do for you? And Chet says, yeah, um, actually, Jack's birthday is tomorrow. And I was wondering if you could find a gift for me to give him because I won't be able to. I'm stuck in the hospital. And Rachel's like, yes, I can definitely do that. If there's anything else, you just let me know. Please feel better. Kisses him on the cheek. She is just a doll baby. And she, like, leaves to go find the perfect gift for Jack and from we- his dad. And then we cut away from there. We cut to later in the hospital. Sean and Jack are sitting out or talking outside. And Jack is just like, hey, you know what? You know, he's asleep again. This is good for him. Maybe this whole thing is a blessing in disguise. And that's when Sean is just like, you don't get to say this. Don't get to act like this is a learning experience. Like this is this is my dad in there. And you don't understand, like, this isn't a thing where he's going to slow down and hang out. It's the second he gets out of that hospital bed, he's moving away. Yeah, he will go to Vegas and he will like man a blackjack table like he's going. And Jack is like, no, you don't know that. And Sean goes, no, I do know that. I know him because I am him. Um, And he starts to go into the same stuff. Like I push everyone away. Like I do everything that my dad does. And I don't know why I do that. Look at us. We're brothers and I barely know you. Um, and after he's done yelling these truths at Jack, we cut back to the hospital room, um, where Amy and Alan and George are all coming in to visit Chet. Well, uh, they, they walked through the foyer where Jack and, uh, Sean were talking and, and they kind of say like, you know, he's going to be okay. And, um, is there anything we can do for you guys? Alan puts his arm around Eric. I mean, Alan puts his arm around Sean, who's been who was yelling at Jack, um, and I guess has like a fatherly moment, which was sweet. Mm-hmm. Which was sweet. Yes, it was sweet. Um, and then we cut back to the hotel. Or, I mean, the hospital room, not a hotel room at all. Um, where they walk in there. Chet is being tended to by the nurse. Mm-hmm. Then he goes, can you put some tequila in that IV drip? And she goes, what, to go with the cigar that you're hiding under your pillow? And he says something like, hey, uh, you know, my wife is dead. And No, I'm- he says, he says, oh, you know, yeah. I've got a, 
I'm dating a real tall a really redhead. Tall redhead, but um, I'll kick her to the curb for you. And she's like, I find you repulsive. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, nurse. Me too. Um, yeah, that was funny. Um, and at, at, like she says that and starts to walk out and. Uh, Amy, Allen, and Feeney are like, ha, 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 oh, Chet. Like, he still has his sense of humor. Like, he must be feeling better. He's still a shithead, even though he had a heart attack. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so they kind of, like, talked to him for a minute. Uh, Feeney is like, well, is, it's my understanding that you were playing pool at the school, and, uh, I like to challenge you to a game and yeah, well, chet-, chet chet says oh george like that's quite a school you've got there like you're a professor now like you're really moving on up in the world that school even has a pool table and so then they challenge each other to a game of pool um, winner winner gets 50 bucks and then alan walks over or he calls alan over he's like alan come here can you do me a favor and he gets real serious all of a sudden and says can you look after the boys after I'm gone? And Alan goes, Chet, you're not going to die. And he goes, no, I know I'm not going to die when I move to Vegas, when I get out of here. And Alan goes, uh, I mean, of course, I will look after them, but they don't need me. They need you. Um, I feel like we've heard that before. Yeah. Um. And so then we go back out to the hallway or the foyer or the waiting room or whatever it is. And um, Angela and Topanga have, and Corey have arrived. I forget that Corey is not there the whole time because like, I feel like in any other situation, like Corey would have been in the ambulance Mm -hmm. with Sean on the way to the hospital. Like it was well-written in the way that like they explained up top, like this is why Corey's not going to be there, and why all of this is playing mm-hmm. out without Corey there, so that Sean can kind of come to grips with all of this with Jack without mm-hmm. Corey there, which was good for the show. Yeah, it was great. Um, but yeah, they all arrive finally. Um, and you know, Topanga asks how Chet is doing, and. Um, then she goes, like, she moves out of the way, and Angela just gives Sean the most heartbreaking look, like, literally the most heartbreaking look, and Mm -hmm. just, like, pulls him into her arms, um, and then, like, Topanga and Angela both, like, go to the room to visit Chet, and Corey is standing there talking to Sean. And, uh, Sean is like, Corey, I, I... I don't know what to do. I don't understand this. I don't know what to, or how I'm feeling. Like he says, um, I know that that's my dad in there. And all everything tells me that I should be in there with my arms around him, telling him how glad I am that he's okay. But I can't, it's, I'm still so mad at him for what he's done to me. And uh, this is where I messed up because this is where Corey tells Sean, you shouldn't be telling me all of this. You should be in there talking to your dad. Mm-hmm. And then the next time we're in the hostel room, Sean is sitting there reading. I got the timeline wrong. Sean is sitting there reading next. <laughs> okay. So Sean is in there reading. Jack walks in. Uh, Chet's asleep again. Mm-hmm. And Jack walks in. He's just like, wow, the the nurses sure don't love him. I offered to have one of them come stay with him when he gets out. And they all laughed. And Sean is like, why would you do that? I told you to stay out of this. You don't need to take care of him. And Jack is like, well, then who's going to take care of him? Like, he needs a nurse. And Sean's like, I'm going to take care of him. And Jack is like, no, he needs a medical professional. But don't worry. Like, don't worry about it financially. Like, I will take care of it. It's not a problem. And Sean is just like, will you please stop? Like, I will take care of him. I have this under control. He would, he says, would you still, would you stop acting like this is something that you care about? Like, this is your dad, like, that you, that you have... That you feel terrible about this. And Jack goes, all right, don't tell me how I feel. 
Like, this is the first time where he's gotten upset with him mm-hmm. because Sean is basically telling him, you don't care. Right. And Jack is like, I am, j- this is my dad still. And I'm watching my dad like this. And Sean goes into just this. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking speech. He, he Do you basically remember? says, yeah, he says like. You don't understand. And Jack was like, yes, I do. And Sean was like, no, you don't. Because I grew up with him. You didn't have to deal with him. I did. And and Jack is like, you know, but he's still my dad, blah, blah, blah. And Sean says, did you sit by him as a child all night while he just watched television and you were just waiting for him to say something to you? No, like you didn't. Did you have to clean up after him when he came home drunk? No, you didn't. Did you have to, uh, or, and when he didn't come home, did you stay up all night wondering what you did that caused him to not want to come home? No, you didn't. And Jack was like, yep. But I had the fact that, like, I knew I had a dad, but I didn't have him in my life at all. And, like, that caused trauma, too. So they're kind of arguing about it. Sean's, like, speech about this is so heartbreaking. Yeah, and it's so... Realistic. Realistic. And, and like, you can watch it all hitting him. Like, he is realizing all of these things and how they've affected him. And, and how they've affected the way he treats people around him. Like, you can watch it on his face. Like I said, the episode starts up here. Hi. Up above Alden's head, probably about a foot above Alden's head is where it starts. And slides down slowly, and you can watch all of that hit Sean as mm-hmm. it happens. And um, um as, as they're talking about this like yelling at each other about this chet wakes up and he's just like boys and uh sean turns around he's like you're awake you heard what i said and and chet says like i am so sorry i wasn't there for you i wasn't i didn't do right by you which is one of my least favorite sayings of all time right right but it it is an acknowledgement. I'm sorry mm-hmm. I didn't do right by you. And then he says, I was a lousy father and I'm so sorry. And Sean looks at him and said, Dad, I'm really screwed up. Like, fuck. Yeah. He says, I'm really screwed up. I, I'm, I'm watching myself do awful things. And it's like I can see myself doing it and I can't stop myself. I push everyone away. Uh, I don't... I And he goes through things and then he just goes i just don't understand dad why wasn't i good enough for you and he's in tears by now yeah i mean he was in tears giving the speech to jack but like at this point he is genuinely sobbing right and chet starts crying too and brings him in for a hug and says you were good enough for me i wasn't good enough for you Mm. and hugs him Um, and sean is just like like sobbing in his arms like you can see the sobs like through his whole body yeah and he steps back and chet goes uh, it that's that's this is it though boys i'm 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 staying here i'm not going anywhere i'm i need to be with my boys uh and then he's like and, and jack you have a a birthday coming up and I have a gift for you. And when he says this, Sean goes, are you sure you're really going to stay this time? And Chet says, yes. And Sean says, good, because you're the only one who can help me. And he hands Jack the gift and starts grabbing at his chest and says, I think you guys need to get me some help. And they freak out and try to grab a a, a doctor and then we cut out to the waiting room where everybody everybody is is waiting 
Um, Eric is rolling around in a wheelchair. Like, they've obviously been there for a while. My assumption is that Chet was in surgery because at one point they had said, like, he might have to have a bypass surgery. Right. Um, so my assumption was that Chet was in surgery and they were waiting to find out the results and a doctor comes out. The doctor looks distraught and he calls. Well, and all up until this moment, everybody's kind of like saying he's going to be fine. Chet's a fighter. Chet still owes me a a game of pool. So Mm -hmm. like they're doing the TV thing where it's like, everything's going to be okay. Here's where the doctor comes out and says he pulled through. The doctor comes out, they walk over to him, and, and Jack and, and Sean walk over to him, and the doctor says he didn't make it. His heart wasn't strong enough. And... And that's it. That's it. That's where it ends. Chet died. Chet died. No post credit scene. Nope. How could you? Yeah. Like, what were they going to do? Have, like, Eric doing, like, wheelies and stuff in a wheelchair through a hospital for the credit scene well tanya yep how did you feel about this episode i'm actually very interested to hear how you felt about this episode because i have no idea um i felt way too much about this episode Mm -hmm. um it's very similar to how i felt about made where it was like heart-wrenching this episode is so heart-wrenching and gut-wrenching like they did this so realistically that like i mean i cry at anything anyway yeah but like Ryder strong was genuinely distraught through this entire he episode was amazing i am convinced he wasn't even acting like i want to be like dude what did you go through mm-hmm. because this wasn't like i'm acting out crying this was this guy is falling to pieces. Yeah. Um, with good reason. And Jack was just phenomenal too, trying to hold it together. He's trying to control the situation because everything else is out of his control. Like he's like, okay, I can control what type of room this guy gets. I can control whether he gets good hospital care. I can control whether he has a nurse that goes home with him. Like those are the things that I can control. And then maybe my dad will stay and I'll get to get to know him, which is all I've wanted in my whole life. And it's just so devastating to watch because we don't like Chet. Right. Like, we don't want these guys to go through losing this person, even if he is shitty and he keeps causing trauma. Like, it still causes so much trauma for him to die. And it's always a very muddled thing in my brain when I have to think about someone who causes their children trauma like that dying. Because what's worse? (laughs) Like, which one is easier to heal from? Neither of them. Neither of them are easy to heal from. Right. Both of them are going to be things that these people take into their adulthood with them. So I love the episode because it was done like exquisitely. Um, but I have a hard time with this episode because it was done exquisitely. So and that's Rachel is. A doll baby. I just love her too. That's, I mean, that's how I felt. Like, there isn't much that I can go into that we haven't already. Um, so how did you feel about this episode? Yeah, I, I, this is an amazing episode. Um, it's so well written and, and more importantly, it's so well acted. Um, I, I, yes, we don't like Chet. I don't want to see what that does to Sean and Jack. Um, there is no great outcome. The The only good outcome is, in a situation like this, is Chet becomes a better dad and and takes care of them, right? But in real life, that's not... 99% of the time, that's not what happens. 
in real life, this is how it plays out. So to take it to the end there and think, no, this is going to be like a TV show and he's going to come out of this and then he's going to learn and take care of them. No, it played out like life. He was a shitty dad who to his deathbed was a shitty dad and to his deathbed was causing both of his sons massive trauma and there was i mean there was that moment of like everything's going to be okay but even that one of the last things he said is i'm not going anywhere um and who knows now what are they going to do for the rest of their lives they're going to going to wonder like what if he hadn't would mm-hmm. he would he have stayed now they're wrestling with i don't think he would have stayed Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're dealing with more of that trauma that never even got to play out. So it it was so well done, um, and like I said, like Ryder Strong was just amazing, and and so was um, Matthew Lawrence. I almost said Joey Lawrence. Um, I don't think Joey Lawrence could have pulled this episode off. No, no, <laughs> no. And like we had talked about, Matthew Lawrence is perfect he doesn't have to do everything that Ryder strong does Mm -hmm. but he had to play this realistically and it was so realistic like watching he had to do this right like it would have been so odd to watch him be a sitcom character next to sean while Mm -hmm. sean is being a realistic real life character Mm -hmm. so for him to like step up and really put himself in that obvious mental state to be there and be the big brother, but also be the damaged son at the same time was amazing. And also be the obvious like outlier. Like right. he's he's wanting to be a part of this family that never wanted him in the first place and trying to gain that to a point he's mm-hmm. trying to gain Sean's trust and he's trying to gain Chet's love and um loyalty as a father and the only things that he can do to try to bring that together is use his resources from the family that did take care of him well and and you can almost watch him throughout this episode i feel like maybe i'm just uh, putting this in my own head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can almost watch him this episode seem like he only wants to belong so much. Like, he doesn't even seem like he's trying to, like, weasel his way in. Right. You know what I mean? It almost seems like he's just like, oh, I just want to be close enough. I want to be within arm's reach. I don't want to be super close. Right. I just want to have a piece of that in my life. I don't mm-hmm. want the whole thing. And you can, like, watch that play out. And it's... I don't know. It's really good. Well, and he does a really good job because Sean is sitting there, even though like Jack is not pushing his way in. He's not throwing himself on the, at the side of his father's deathbed. Like he's not being intensely emotional as if this was a person that he grew up with and, and not that it's not an emotional thing for him, but he gives that to Sean. Yeah. And he does it all at arm's reach mm-hmm. while wanting so badly to be accepted as the son and the brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, and the Cory Topanga stuff wasn't part of the episode. Like that was just there to be like, oh, yeah, they're here. Right. And I think. That, I mean, that let the episode breathe. Like, it would have been awful having to watch Corey try to coach Sean through this. Like, we got to watch Sean really come to some real-life realizations on his own. Mm -hmm. And again, like, those were things that aren't easy to come to, and a lot of people don't. Yeah. But when they do, it's like this. It's in moments of, like, everything's falling apart. Why is it like this? Oh, my God, this is exactly the way I was treated when I grew up. Mm -hmm. Like... It, it, I don't know. It was super good. It was super well written and, uh, one of the best episodes of the show for sure. Yeah. Um, Chet sucks. Like that doesn't change. Right. 
Um, and I think I think a lot of people go through this and they kind of watch it happen and they watch it play out and feel bad for Chet. And this kind of like um, softens their feelings towards Chet. And I, that didn't happen with me at all. Like, no. he sucks. And he sucked to the end. It just sucks to watch Sean and, and Jack to have to deal with yeah. that. Yeah, and we've talked about before that we are very, very close to situations that are right. very similar to Chet. And we are consistently, basically, I I would say, like, we're having to be the Jack, where we're doing whatever we can to be supportive, um, to kind of make sure that people know that we're there for them and without being like, well, he's shitty. Like, right. It's just, I don't know. It's a, it's a really hard thing to watch because it's very close to home. And Right. And, and I'm positive there are people who feel the same way watching this. And I'm oh, also yeah. positive there are people who watch this and, and feel like... Um, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. I mean, we definitely have listeners who are like, I love Chet. Right. I think, like, yes, is he, like, he's a shitty dad, but, like, his character, the guy who plays him, all of that, he is well acted. And the the reason we can't stand him so much is because he is a fully developed, perfect caricature of what these people are. Yeah, but I also feel like there are probably people who watch this and watch Chet the way he is, and they're like... You know what? He's just like my dad, and I love him anyway. Yeah, and that's part of what they're drawn to about Chet. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it's there's no wrong way to feel here. Like right. we're not saying you can't like Chet. Oh no, absolutely not. All right, I just want to make that clear because I think it comes across that way sometimes. No, our own experiences lead to this being a very like raw and ongoing realistic subject for us yeah well anyway i think we're done getting all heartfelt yeah i hope i hope we um still have listeners after this episode because like i'm sitting here like blubbering and like (laughs) oh what a tough one to get through yep but it was a it was a i'm glad we watched it yeah had a great time perfection um Anything you want to add before we go? No, of course. Just thank you guys for listening. As always, we love hearing from you and chatting with you about the episodes and hearing about your experiences that are like similar to the show's experiences. Maybe, maybe you don't have experiences quite like this one that you want to talk about, but if you have anything lighthearted to share with us, uh, you can do it on Twitter. And if you are affected by this in any way and like it brought up any sort of emotions with you and you need anybody to talk to, like talk to us. We understand. <laughs> yeah, 100 percent. Um. Anyway, and you can do that on Twitter at BMG and BMW. You can email us at BMG and BMW at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook. You can join our Facebook group. Just type in Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World into the search bar and Audible preview. I just like the, the amount of times you have cried on our podcast is crazy. And I think I want to know how many times it is because when people start asking me, like when I start telling people like, yeah, I do a podcast with Tanya. I do a podcast with my wife. And they're like, oh, what's the podcast about? I'm going to say, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but she has cried six times live on the podcast. It's definitely been more than six times and that just, I have cried on this podcast. And just see like what they think that we podcast about. And then when I'm like, nope, Boy Meets World. <laughs> It'll I be cry a, f- a lot. Fun little moment for me. Anyway, um, thank you for joining us. I'm not laughing at the fact that my wife is sad. I hope I want I want to make that clear. Like if she's actually sad about stuff, I feel bad for her. I feel very sad about this episode. Yes, but you also understand it's a TV show. Yes, but I also I don't think I would feel as emotional as I do if it wasn't a situation that people that we love have right. gone through over and over and over again. Um and 
are still going through and there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. That's why it's emotional for me. I know. And I, I'm sorry if me laughing bothers you. No, it's okay. You I'm just sorry laugh- that me crying bothers you. It doesn't bother me at all. I laughed. <laughs> That's not healthy, but it's true. Yin-yang. Um, thank you for joining us, though. Yes. Yeah. What? You stopped, so I thought I had to talk. I was taking a dramatic breath. Oh. Also, I had some some food stuck in my teeth. Mm. Thank you for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, Season 6, Episode 13. Do good. Class dismissed.